have been handled in a manner that is above reproach. That you would have no questions whatsoever about how this contract was handled, how the people, you know, the bidding process was handled. And it's just not. It's just as shady as anything that you've ever seen. Alabama Politics This Week, Josh Moon and David Person. Uh, we've uh, been discussing our grit intake um, <laughs> so far, and uh, I've disappointed David uh, extremely. Uh, I, by I, I'm, I'm profoundly, I'm profoundly not really disappointed, but I am a little shocked. I just, you, you didn't strike me as a sugar and grits kind of person. I just didn't see that coming. I They're terrible. They are objectively awful. Uh, it's an awful food uh, that has zero flavor whatsoever. Uh, and the only way to eat them is to add some sort of flavoring to them, whether it be cheese. Now, I can do cheese. I can do cheese grits. Uh, cheese grits and some shrimp, you know, I can do that. But if you just hand me a plate of grits, the only way for me to ingest those grits is to put some butter and some sugar on them. And that's all, that's all, all there is to it. Well, you know, as I'm a live and let live kind of guy, so I mean, they're your taste buds, man. Do whatever you need to do for your taste buds. I was, I was telling you, man, that, uh, that there are all sorts of uh, of things you cannot say to people, all right, right. And, and all sorts of respect that you have to have uh, towards people and their choices in life and how they decide to live. Uh, the way you eat your grits is apparently not one of them because I put that jet on, on Twitter one time and people atta- are still attacking me. Hey, people call me sugar grits to this day. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sugar grits. Oh, sugar grits. Oh, sugar grits. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. That's so, funny. That, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's how we, how we live sometimes. But, uh, you know, this all started because they got to look at my, uh, my, my coffee my, and I also add a lot of creamer to my coffee. Uh, and, uh, and so, and, and I make no apologies for any of these things. Okay. Right, this is how right. I like it, it. Live how you like. Okay. True. True. If I'm you're not hurting I'm anybody just, else, live right. how you like, man. If you like a lot of creamer in your coffee, drink that shit. And yeah, don't, yeah, don't worry yeah. about what anybody else thinks about it. Yeah. And I'm, uh, and I'm actually with you on the, the creamer and the coffee thing. I just, yeah. you know, but yeah, man, live your life, man. Life yeah. is too short. All right, so listen, big, uh, big, big topic, big mm-hmm. topic. How, how'd y'all do? How'd you, how, how did Finding Tamika? How did Finding Tamika do uh, finding, at the big awards? Finding Tamika won. We. Um, I told you y'all gonna win. Yeah. I told you. <laughs> told you y'all were gonna win. Well, you know it. It. Uh, I was saying to um, Rebecca Howard and her husband Desmond Howard, who's uh, ESPN College uh, analyst. And and uh, and NFL Hall of Famer. I was saying to them when we met earlier in the day. I said, "Do you think something is going on? Do you think Erica and Ben know something we don't know?" Because there was this, you know, as I started, I just kept thinking about how there was such a push for mm-hmm. us to to be there. You know, they never they never would. You know, they they only just said we really, really, really would like for you to be there. And there was such a push that I thought, hmm, but they never said anything. So I thought, well, you know, maybe they don't actually know. Turned yeah. out they knew. 
They knew. They, they knew. knew. Oh, yeah. They knew. Yeah. So, so they told uh, they told Erica? Yeah, yeah, they told Erica. Man, and the stars, they get all the preferential treatment, <laughs> don't they? I mean, ain't that, I wish we had her own, man. It's like you give her some shit about this. Uh, this this is uh, the stars getting special treatment. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they told Erica and... Uh, and uh and so uh and so um uh Rebecca and I didn't know I don't think James knew either so uh but yeah it was great man um we we were blessed to be winners along with um um CBS News 60 minutes won oh, uh, there yeah. was a station uh news station in Nashville that won one in Louisiana PBS News Hour won uh, there were about um, all together. I think there were roughly twenty winners, maybe twenty five. Yeah, about twenty winners out of about six hundred. Um, I think it was six hundred wow. entries. That is, uh, that's yeah. awesome, man. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great podcast. It's, a, it really is. I, talk, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, and a lot of podcasts like that. I listen those. That's that's my kind of wheelhouse. Are the the mystery. Uh, you know, serial podcast where you kind of go through, you know, you've got a step-by-step kind of thing that you're going through. And, uh, you know, not that y'all's was, was a typical kind of serial thing. There was, there was a lot more to, to unpack with, uh, with finding Tamika, but, uh, right. it's, uh, you know, it's still, I, I listen to a lot of those and there, there are that, you know, it, when you start listening to the first episode, you know, whether or not it's one of the elite podcasts or, or not. And, and, and I knew from, from the minute I started listening to that, that it was, it was a, it was a fantastic podcast. It really was. Y'all did, y'all did great, great work. Really. Wow, man. Thank really. you, Congrats. Congrats on that. It's deserved. Uh, uh, you know, did, let me ask you this, uh, in, in all the placement, did they, did anybody mention us, uh, at all? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nobody yeah, mentioned well, our podcast. Listen, I'm sorry we're, about that. I, Six oh one. We were six oh one. Yeah, no, yeah. Nobody mentioned our podcast, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe that's coming up. Uh, you know, at a yeah, future. It's got to be that when, when they put when they put in their their weekly state politics uh, podcast category. Yeah, we're there. Okay. We're there. We're, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're locked. Gonna, we're locked yeah, when we're they ahead. do that. We're, we're locked. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right. Uh, for more. Of your award-winning podcast, uh, let's uh, let's go. Let, well, you you know, start with the uh, prison prison contract. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, the prison healthcare contract. I wrote a story about this uh, this week. Uh, absolutely, several others did as well. Um, as we were recording last week, uh, Representative Chris England, uh, who would was a guest, was he a guest last week or was that the week before? I thought uh, it was the week before. Might have been the week before. Uh, but he was. Uh, they they were at the. Um, uh, contract review committee where he is on the on that committee and that if you're unfamiliar as most people are with the contract review committee every contract that is entered into in the state of Alabama by the um, government by the state government agencies uh, attorney general's office board of education all of these people whenever they enter into a services contract uh, whether it be for legal services or other services uh, they have to present this contract to the contract review committee of the legislature uh, it's not necessarily for approval. It's basically just for inspection and ridicule. 
<laughs> for the most part, uh, because they can't even hold it. They can, they can, all they can do is hold it up. Uh, they can't stop the contract. So basically all they can do is shine some light on it. Uh, you know, pitch a fit for a little while, embarrass the hell out of whoever's there to explain the contract, uh, and say, we're going to hold this thing up. I believe they can hold it up to 90 days. Uh, but they held this one up, uh, this, this con the healthcare, uh, services contract for Alabama department of corrections. Uh, they held this one up for 45 days before it can go to the governor's office to be signed. It is for $1.06 billion. Uh, and it was awarded to a company named YesCare, previously Corizon Healthcare. And the reason... Uh, did, are you familiar with this story? Am I, am, or am I giving you new? Well, you know, I was so I was traveling, and right, right. Um, I understand. And I, and yeah. I think that's I may. Have, I ask. I, yeah, I think I may have missed it. I, that's why I'm, okay. I'm actually trying to look it up as I'm listening to you talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the reason this was held up was it, uh, this this contract was originally awarded to Yes Care in July. Uh, at that time. Uh, there were some complaints or in the months thereafter, there were some complaints about uh, what had happened uh, with the awarding of the contract. And mysteriously, the award was pulled uh, and they put the they put the RFP, a request for proposal, which is basically a request for bids from from competing companies. They put it back out there on the market again uh, and solicited bids again. And then again in December, it was awarded to YesCare again, YesCare, formerly Corizon. Uh, at the meeting, <laughs> uh, under questioning from uh, our, our frequent guest, uh, Representative England, uh, the attorney for the Department of Corrections for the state was asked exactly what the hell happened uh, with this contract. And she explained that someone was providing inside information to YesCare uh, on the uh, the contract itself, on the bidding process, on what they were looking for for the request for proposal. Uh, they had received additional information, and that helped uh, uh, help them in some way. Mm -hmm. And so they, that's the reason why they decided to pull it. Now, under further questioning, that there was. Uh, that we got into a conflict of interest issue. So as we currently stand, Alabama is involved in many pieces of litigation. One of the biggest uh, in relation to our Department of Corrections is the federal lawsuit filed by the Department of Justice in which they have, they have taken issue with our health care uh, providing within our, within our uh, prison system. Uh, and our overall conditions of our prison system. Right. Uh, but a main component of that is the healthcare component. Um, what we're doing with mental health, drug treatment, all of these that, you know, our health, just regular health treatment, uh, you know, that uh, they believe is severely lacking uh, and, and quite possibly constitutes cruel and unusual punishment. So the, we have apparently have no one in our state government uh, as an attorney who can handle this lawsuit. And so we have contracted out this service to a man named Bill Lunsford. Yeah, I see that in the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, attorney with Maynard Cooper Gale. He is mm -hmm. one of uh, the primary attorneys on this case. Matter of fact, he is a deputy attorney general 
by his status as an attorney on this case. He has been made a deputy attorney general by Steve Marshall. And he has, in just last year, his team earned $7 million from the state of Alabama for, uh, for handling this case. Now, we could get into some numbers, and I will in a future story, about how and how much you've got to build to get $7 million. But the uh, fact of the matter is, this deputy attorney general is, is making a lot of money defending us in several different lawsuits, uh, including a major one involving health care. He was also seated in June, just prior to the original awarding of this contract. Mm-hmm. He was seated on the Yes Cares Board of Advisors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And was apparently, although they, they stopped short of disclosing this at the meeting and stating his name out loud, was apparently the person that was providing the quote unquote inside information. Now, hmm. the Department of Corrections maintains that Lunsford uh, involvement had no impact, no impact whatsoever. None. Didn't, did not matter. But they also noted during the meeting that when they, they pulled the original, uh, you know, contract agreement with YesCare and then put the RFP back out there. And when they put the RFP back out there, they included all of the information, including that extra information that YesCare had received, which helped them win the contract. So Hmm. obviously someone had provided them with some sort of information that was deemed advantageous enough uh, that they did this. Now, uh, as Chris England points out, you you, you went ahead and, and awarded it to him anyway. What you know? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I, I and I as I was as I was listening to you and reading the story, Josh. Um, um, it 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 seemed awfully strange to me that you would have this obvious conflict of interest with this attorney, and yet you press forward with this deal. I mean, that just doesn't, I mean, that's just, that makes no sense. And it seems like it's going to automatically open you up to lawsuits. I would assume from at the very least companies that are trying to compete for the same business. Yeah. You know, if, if not even some consumers and, 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 and voters, you know, just, you know, because again, this seems like just an inside deal. Uh, it's, it's. I mean, what? How did? How does? How is this? It, it puzzles me. You know, this is so mm-hmm. sloppy. You know, yeah. it's it's not very it's not very suave. It's not very savvy. It's just mm. sloppy. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, um, there's a lot of times I think in our state government where situations like this come along, and you look at it and you think, oh my god. What, who who thought that was okay, you know? And, yeah. and and you're ultimately I'm usually left with the the idea that the reason those things occur is because people get so accustomed to no one paying attention to them that they just think, ah, man, yeah, well, we'll just do it. You know, what what difference does it make? We'll just do it. Um, and and I I wonder if that's not just the case here is that you know um, we first of all. We have paid tens of millions of dollars to this one attorney over the course of the last you know, several years uh, to try these cases, primarily uh, the Department of Justice case against Alabama. And we're not winning that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's no there's no excuse 
for us to still maintain an adversarial relationship with the Department of Justice over this after those initial reports came out. This was a Trump DOJ, by the way. Uh, so this was not yeah. this was not the libs and Biden coming in telling you how you needed to live. This was the Trump Department of Justice right. coming in and saying, "Jesus Christ, guys, what is going on with your uh, mm-hmm. with your uh, prisons here?" Uh, you know, and and that report came out. We're not. There's nobody who thinks that we're we're going to wind up on the good side of this. Yet yeah. for some reason, we've maintained this adversarial, resistant relationship with the Department of Justice. Instead of entering into a consent decree with them, and I just don't, I don't understand how anybody's okay with it. And and you know, you you make a really good point too when you when you raise the issue uh, of, uh, of of partisanship because you're right. This is not a you know this is this is under the Trump administration, and then if you if you back it out and you go back. You know, I'd say at least 20 years or more, uh, we've been having problems with the prisons. It's been over different, you know, it's been yeah. during different administrations, you know. No, the, oh, it's, the yeah, Justice it's way Department back there. has had, had concerns that Alabama prisons have been under scrutiny. You know, this is not a partisan issue. This is oh, a no. do right or do wrong issue. And yeah. we have consistently decided to do wrong. And I think it goes back to the thing that you and I both have written about and talked about on this podcast, which is there is a streak of cruel, punitive kind of, um, I'll say, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a streak of cruelty and, and punitiveness that seems to inform so much of what we do in this state. And it yeah. goes, and I would argue, I would argue as, a, as an African-American, that it goes all the way back to the unresolved issues of this state that that first really culminated with the 1901 Constitution and then began to manifest itself through various other activities, including Jim Crow. And, and I know Alabama wasn't the only one that was, you know, a Jim Crow state, but mm-hmm. Jim Crow and, and the Klan and a lot of the other things that we saw happen, lynchings and all of these other things, I think it I think it goes I think all of this is on the same continuum. That's what I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't disagree with you at all. There's only there's only one way that you can uh, treat other humans in the way that we treat uh, the incarcerated individuals uh, that we have in this state. And that's if you simply do not care about them. Um, and, and that's, that's the, the indifference of the average Alabamian. Um, you, you've got to trace it back to something. I mean, hell, we care more about, you know, uh, a fetus that's never, you know, never taken a breath, uh, yeah. far more than we do about humans who have, uh, uh, many of whom have made one mistake, you know, they've made, they've made one mistake. Uh, and, and you can say, oh, you can talk about the murderers and all, oh, you know, they wouldn't be in there for this or that or whatever, but. It, that's not true anymore. I mean, there there are a lot of people in there who have had uh, addiction issues and things of that nature, and they have ended up in prison. And now they are thrust into this absolute hell uh, that we have created. Um, and and here's the other thing about it is we're still overpopulated. We're still packing people into the prisons. And so 
it doesn't seem to be the deterrent that you think it is. Right. All right. Right. Uh, you know, and so what at a point, if if what the hell you've created isn't a deterrent to crime and the hell you've created isn't helping to rehabilitate anybody, which it's clearly not. I mean, we we have whole programs that just don't even exist anymore. And uh, you're not you're really paying attention to to what's going on in the rehabilitation portion of this. So what are we doing? Well, again, I think you've hit on something that's really key, and that is that fear rarely induces real change, right? Right. So the fear of prison, even the fear of execution, you know, if, if you're talking about church, the fear of hellfire, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's proven. It's proven that using fear to try to change people doesn't work. You know what changes minds? What changes a mind is conviction that is born out of love, usually, you know, an appeal to somebody's, uh, if if a mind is going to change, and every mind is not going to change. No. But but if a mind is going to change, if a person is going to change their position, it's because they feel a, a moral conviction to do so. And usually that comes from a place of love or, or reason. It does not come from fear. Right. So we've invested again in a punitive system, you know, and, and it's not even, you know, and I'm not saying that we should get a, that we should get rid of prisons or shut prisons down. You know, there's a need for prisons, but the whole yeah. approach to incarceration, the whole culture, the mindset to why we do it and how we do it does need to change. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, to, to your point, um, whenever you hear about um, in almost every case, whenever you hear about somebody changing their life, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, an inmate has changed his life, uh, you know, or her life or whatever, you know, turn things around and, and decided to do this almost 100 percent of the time. The reason why they state for doing that is because they had embarrassed X, their mama, their family their their husband, their loved ones. And and it's traced back exactly what you said. They don't want to let down the people who love them in their lives. And it doesn't have anything to do about the punitive nature of of prison. It has to do with going there has a stigma and and they don't want they didn't want to bring that on the people who cared about them. And and so you wonder if that's the case, what you know what we could do if we actually changed and said, all right, listen, this the, the the approach we're going to take is is we're going to care about these people. Right. We're going to care about these people. We're going to care right. about their lives. We're, we're we yes, they've done something bad. They've done they've made a mistake in life, maybe several mistakes in life, and they've done bad. They've stolen from people. They've uh they've done you know, drugs, they've sold drugs to people, they've, you know, whatever. Um, you know, uh unlike pharmacists. Uh, and you know, we, we've, we've now put them in this place and we're going to show them that we care enough about them because we're going to spend millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars to house them and feed them, provide them health care, And, and we're going, because we feel like they don't need to be with society for a little bit. 
And But in the process, because we don't want to continue to pay for it, and we would like members of society who are uh, producing and, and well-adjusted and are not out there committing crimes and endangering the rest of us, we're going to invest in some programs that show them that we care about them. Uh, mental health programs, uh, you know, job training programs, educational programs, whatever. And, and we're going to put them in these programs. And I, I'm personally okay. And you talk about, you know, doing things, you know, all of these things in prisons are offered. You know, you're, you're offered this pro you're offered this program, you're offered that program. I'm all right with forcing people to do it, force mm. them to go through every program, okay. put them through everything you want to put them through. Uh, you know, and unless they they've proven if they don't have a high school diploma, they've got to go through a GED program. If they do, they don't, you know, whatever. They can start yeah. college courses. Yeah. Um, and because I know, listen, I know that there are some colleges in this state that would work with it with them. I know hell, there's some colleges in the state that do work with them. Yeah. But it yeah. just you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Why? No, I, I like it actually. And you know, I, I had to I had to ponder that for a minute when you said force them. But I actually like that idea, and the reason I like it is because we know it will yield benefits. Mm -hmm. You know, now granted, we understand you know forcing people doesn't always yield the desired result. Sure. But but just like with children, who we mm -hmm. force to go to school. I mean, we yeah. force them. Parents force them. Society yeah. forces them. Forced one this morning. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You forced one this morning. <laughs> so yeah. we force them to go to school. And, and we do that because we know that increases the chances that they'll be productive members of society able to support themselves. Well, why not? Why not make it a condition of incarceration that you have to get at least a baseline you know, let's say if you don't have a GED, which many don't, you know, many don't have high school or don't have GEDs or, you know, then you've got to get a GED. That ought to just be like an automatic. You're not you're not leaving this prison yeah. without a GED. Yeah. You know? And then if you want to go to college, you know, or and maybe GED and a trade, you know, let's yeah. say GED and a trade. You got to leave with a GED and a trade. You know, we're not going to force you to get a a, a bachelor's degree or you know, a master's or whatever, or, or a law degree or whatever, but we're going to, but you are absolutely going to leave this prison with those two things. And then what you yeah. decide to do after that is up to you. Yeah, I, I agree uh, completely. I mean, I, I just, um, you know, I, I, it, but also give them an opportunity to get better. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 you know, fix whatever, People don't people don't grow up as little kids. You're not going to find a little kid that grew up said, "I want to be a drug dealer," you know, or, or I, I want to I want to rob people for a living. You know, nobody nobody grows up thinking that. You know, they all have we all from birth doesn't matter skin color or whatever. Uh, w that we all say the same stuff about what we want to be uh, when we grow up, and and the aspirations are there, and it's never to wind up in prison, and uh, and so somewhere along the way. Something derailed that. Yeah. Okay. And you got to start at that point and fix the derailing. And, 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 you know, uh, listen, you can't, and you cannot save every person, every, per, you know, not everybody's going to want to do this. And, and that's, that's fine. And you can't, all, this is the other thing that draws me insane. Insane is this idea of, you know, this guy got out on good time and he did some other bad stuff after he got out. So now we need to kill good time laws. 
you know, this, uh, the, the, the way we, we treat, uh, these, these things that in our system are pretty good. You know, the good time rules in prison that reward prisoners for being, you know, for going through these programs, for, for maintaining right. a good record, for helping out and being good people. And you read some of the reports on these guys where the, the, you know, the correctional officers are talking about them and talking about how much they enjoyed being around them and, uh, you know, that they were good guys, that they helped out, that they did this or that, you know, that, that person needs to be rewarded for that, you yeah. know, in that environment. And so, it, and then you come along, you got one person who does, does some, you know, admittedly awful, awful things because, you know, after they got out, that's one person. Look at percentages, man. Do y'all know, know how percentages work? Is that what we're talking about? But, you know, it, but back to, you know, this to, to wrap this up, you know, the, this prison healthcare contract, I think Chris England said it best, uh, given the Department of Corrections track record, you would think that the billion dollar healthcare contract would have been handled in a manner that is above reproach, that you would have no questions whatsoever about how this contract was handled, how the people, you know, the bidding process was handled. And it's just not. It's just as shady as anything that you've ever seen. So as we're as we're wrapping up this segment, let me ask you then, I think the the question that really goes to the elephant in the room. Is this a corrupt deal because people in our legislature or in our government are getting kickbacks? Uh, I can't say that uh, for, you know, for certain. And so if I can't say it for certain, I can't say it at all. I would but do guess. you feel like it's but does it seem like a, a possible scenario? I, I feel like. I feel like. Um, some people are certainly benefiting along the way somewhere from from this continuing. Um, and, and um, you know, there, there's there's no way there's nobody in their right mind who would look at what we've been doing with this Department of Justice lawsuit and think that we're headed down the right path. And yet we continue to pay. I mean. This man, <laughs> the man's rate is one hundred ninety five dollars an hour. All right. For handling this. If you're talking about uh, his name being on bills for over $7 million last year, do you know how many hours you got a bill to get to that at $195 an hour? I, I've done the math, so I, can, I, I won't make yeah, the math I, on the spot. It's yeah, 36,000. How much? 36,000 hours. That's how much you've got a bill in a year. That oh, is, to get to, uh, yeah, because it's 200 an hour, basically. So, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and it, it's uh, I don't, let me see the re- I'll, I'll tell you the rest of it here as well. It's uh, I mean because I, I broke it all the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would need at, at working at forty hours a week, which I know many attorneys work more than forty hours a week. You would need seventeen attorneys working forty hours a week every week for a full year. Mm-hmm. So, or if let's say you worked it at, at sixty hours, you would need twelve. You need twelve attorneys. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying there may not be, uh, it may not be that there are people. I think that, I don't know. I'm not questioning this billing. I'm questioning what the hell, who, what are we doing? You know, why? And and I'm, I'm, I will also question his billing too. I I don't think, you know, no, unless, unless he's got a team of, of, of 25 damn attorneys working on this thing that we're paying, 
Uh, you know, I, I don't think that there's any way that this, this, the, the bill is legit. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's just, it, it, it seems impossible to get to this number mm-hmm. a, unless you're double billing somewhere along the way. But even if you're not, even if you're not, and you've got this many attorneys, who the hell in our government is approving this? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and, and that doesn't seem to be unreasonable to ask that again, there ought to be, there ought to be some accountability related to, um, you know, the amount yeah. of legal fees the state is being charged. But, but I'm saying even just with the overall deal, um, it just, it just makes me wonder if there's somebody in state government that's benefiting personally from a billion dollar contract being entered yeah. into by the state. Uh, I'm, I can't prove it. I don't, I couldn't point to anybody in particular, but it's hard for me to believe that somebody is not benefiting personally from something of that magnitude. Um, you know, I, especially, I, no, I, with, I don't, especially with what we know about it so far. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're, uh, you're right. Although I, you know, I figured out over the course of many years that there are uh, a, a lot of shades of, of benefiting uh, for people. And mm-hmm. a lot of them we just kind of accept as, as the way of life, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and that be being uh, campaign contributions and, and support. And um, you know, we, we tend to, we tend to just you know look the other way when it's only a campaign contribution going to somebody and it's it's you know uh so i would guess you know is um you know is that taking place yeah i have to dig through the campaign finance stuff and and find out but um uh, it's it's certainly it certainly stinks doesn't it mhm yeah i um, think it does yeah yeah well uh all right well you know uh i tell you what doesn't stink this podcast and um, and uh, and this is a good segue into uh, our next guest, uh, our, our or our guest, not our next guest, just the guest for the week is uh, uh, Alabama Reflectors, Brian Lyman. And man, is it weird not to say the Montgomery Advertisers, Brian Lyman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know that that ends for all of us, I guess. <laughs> <at some point. laughs> uh, we uh, uh, I. Because uh, David's bailing on me, I'm only working a half day today. Well, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> or I'm sorry, two thirds of a day today. He's working two thirds of a thank day. You, today. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. And uh, uh, but I will. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to Brian Lyman uh, when we come back here in just a minute. Back tell, in him a minute. I, tell him I said hey. I'll do. I'll do it for you. I'm David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends And also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. Welcome back. 
Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon and and nobody because David left me, uh, and we all knew it would happen eventually. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dave, Dave, as we mentioned before, David's off. But I am happy to be joined uh, now by, and I said this before you came on. It is so strange not to say the Montgomery Advertiser's Brian Lyman, but it is at the Alabama Reflectors' Brian Lyman. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. I'm glad to be back here. Yeah, well, good man. All right, so so you we've started a new site. Um, I guess the easiest way, since you're in charge there, is to to explain to everybody what what the Alabama Reflector is, what what you're hoping to do, where you're going, what great things are coming. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Alabama Reflector is part of State's Newsroom, which is a nonprofit that operates a bunch of different state capital bureaus around the nation. Uh, we were the 32nd bureau to open up under them. I believe we're. I believe the 33rd is about to open up in Rhode Island. Um, Really, what we are about is we're going to cover state government and policy um, with an emphasis on obviously, you know, following the day in and day out stuff of, you know, agencies, the legislature meeting. We also want to cover policy just simply from the perspective of how it impacts Alabamians, just really like really what are these decisions that are being made on Goat Hill doing in the daily lives of our, you know, of, of our colleagues and our, you know, like our neighbors down here. So, I mean, for for example, um, you know, we ran, we just, one of our reporters, Alanda Rocha, ran, the, ran this story about how Alabama has the second lowest TANF benefits in the United States. Um, so, you, you know, Alabama pays $215 a month to a household of three. It costs $230 a month to feed a kid age nine to 11. You know, like we're, we're, those are the kind of things that we're looking for. We're really trying to say, okay, so we've made these decisions in Montgomery. Now, how are they rippling out to the rest of the, to the rest of the state? And that's really, I mean, that's, that's a, that's the summary of our mission right now. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, as somebody who is at a, a smaller government focused news organization, and so we both know pretty well the, uh, the trials and, uh, and problems, but, uh, it, it's interesting to me that that y'all have the uh, the nonprofit uh, aspect of this, and so I guess how so how how y'all get paid? <laughs> no, I mean, but like, how do we get paid? so so is it no ads? No, nothing. No ads, no paywalls. We run on donations and we run on grants. And if you want to go like states newsroom, like we publish our nine ninety forms on our website, and we also break out the list of donors who have given us more than five hundred dollars. So if you want to see, you know the secret cabals who are you know <laughs> underwriting us if there are no secret right. cabals because they're all out in public because we're sure. we're listing our donors so but yeah we 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 rely on donations uh we rely on grants and you know i'll just say here if you're on alabamareflector.com and you like what you see and you want to kick us a few bucks we sure. would be more than grateful for that right they'll, they'll, they'll put your they put your name right up there next to george soros and the clinton foundation i'm <laughs> sure who are all behind this 
Uh, no, it's actually not. I've seen the list of donors, and it's a it's a wide range, and uh, uh, you I would guess nonpartisan would be the best way to describe it. And uh, and and some of the early work has been has been really good. As a matter of fact, it, this was to me the most interesting aspect of what y'all do is is the fact that basically you're just giving things away uh, to to other news organizations. And right. we've already run I know at least one story. I don't know if we've run more than that at this point or not, but I know we've run one. Um, and, and so what, how, how does that work and, and what, what's the gain from that? So the whole idea behind state's newsroom is to improve coverage of state of state houses, because I mean, you know, you and I unfortunately are older now, but you know, we can remember Speak for a time, yourself. I yeah. have not aged. Yeah. The arrow of time sadly points one way for me. Uh, so so the we've we've all seen the number of reporters in state houses decline over time, and that's increased the burden on the people who are there, you know, to to do it to cover what they need to cover. So the whole idea of state's newsroom is that you know we'll you know like we, we have this nonprofit, we'll create a newsroom in these places, you know, hire an editor, you know, three reporters. You know, like some states have more than that. Um, but we'll hire all these reporters and they'll take on like some of these duties. So um, we have, so for example, we have reporters covering criminal justice. We have reporters covering healthcare and we have reporters covering, covering education. And that's not to say that the reporters who are here already here can't do that. But what we do is like, we just simply focus intensely on those areas. So the story, for instance, that you ran on ectopic pregnancies that was uh, done by our healthcare reporter he was listening into the state board of pharmacy in Birmingham, you know, and just happened to hear that come up, which is great. Um, most state house reporters simply can't take the time to drive from Montgomery to Birmingham, which is like a 90 minute trip. Yeah. So, I mean, like, so that's the kind of thing that we do. So the idea of all of our stuff is published under creative commons license. Um, major media outlets in Alabama can run them with ads so long as they don't put them behind a paywall. But on our website, like there'll never be a paywall, there'll never be ads. And really the whole, I mean, the whole purpose of it is to improve coverage of, of, of our state house, because in Alabama with our centralized state government, it's so critical to keep an eye on everything. And really just to, you know, really just to get, you know, get that coverage to outlets that simply can't afford to do this, to do this kind of thing anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, when we, when I talked to it, uh, uh, Bill Britt, who's the editor at, uh, at Alabama Political Reporter, and, and we were discussing, you know, what, because I saw your post on, on Twitter about how this was a Creative Commons license and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and other sites could run it. We, what we actually talked about was taking the things, especially during the session, uh, that we knew y'all were, were, were going to run and, and using it to kind of complement uh, and expand our coverage. That way, you know, if we walk, if, if some of our guys walk into a room and see one of your reporters in there, we're like, all right, well, they've got this covered at the, you know, at this, uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll go and, and try to expand out and, and give people a broader sense of what's actually taking place because, you know, I, one of the things, and, and I don't know if, if you and I have ever talked about this, one of the things that's always dri drives me crazy about the news business, or it used to before everybody stopped being in the news business, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, was this this competition um, aspect of things and, and how people used to get so angry about somebody taking what they had reported 
or vice versa, somebody taking what somebody had reported and refusing to give them credit for it. Um, you know, and, and I always thought, well, man, the, the goal here is to get this information out to people. What are, what are we so worried about that? You know, who, that, I, I can't tell you the number of times like my dad has said, did you see the story on X? And I'll be like, yeah, I wrote it. Yeah, I wrote it. You know, they don't care. They just want the information. And shouldn't that be the goal? And it sounds like it is for y'all. That's right. And, you know, that that kind of cooperative relationship you talk about, you know, when there were more reporters, I can remember working in two person news bureaus, you know, like if you talk to even older people, they can remember four person statehouse newsrooms. And when you have something like that, you know, like when you just from a practical standpoint, like, you know, like on a day, like if you need if there's somebody who needs to like write something in depth about, you know, this, that or the other thing, yeah. they can go off and do that. And then the other three people can go and, and you know, like just cover every, everything that they need to do when you have it when it's just one person in the state house, you know, this this FOMO, this fear of missing out mm-hmm. inevitably takes over because you're terrified. Like, oh, God, what if I don't write about yeah. this this thing so i i mean look if if we can if we can help other news organizations like find time to do like even more in-depth pieces i think i'll i'll chalk that up as a victory oh absolutely yeah man it's a it, it i just think it's uh, it's great all the way around uh you know just for, for because there's so much that happens you're right you the, the the fear of missing out thing drives a lot of of what we do there but also there's so much that happens um that you hear about like two or three weeks later and, and you're like, what, what, that, that, why didn't, why didn't you tell me this? And you're like, oh, well, I didn't think it was a big deal, you know? And it's just like a major ordeal, you know? And it's just, uh, you know, and, and it's going to drive policy for the next 10 years or whatever. And you're like, oh, I didn't think it was a big deal. It happens every year, you know? And right. it's just, and so, yeah, if, if we can avoid missing those things, I, I think it's great. What, what has been, uh, what, what's been the response from, from everybody else around the state? So far, I mean, I, I've got we've gotten really positive feedback. Um, the major outlets seem to be very um, interested in our work and, and covering our work. Um, you know, I think I, from from everything I've seen so far, you know, people people have welcomed us. And I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, the fact we're giving our work away for free probably helps uh, <laughs> in that regard. Um, but I mean, you know, like we've gotten some good response. I'll, I'll tell you, like one of the strangest things about launching a new site is like when you call people for the first time, you have to introduce yourself. Like, hello, I'm Brian Lyman with Alabama Reflector. The first question you're going to get is what? I mean, because yeah. you're you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to introduce yourself and you're trying to establish yourself as as a decent as a as a decent person. But yeah. uh, you know. Everybody we've spoken with so far, I mean, people have been responsive, like whether we've called them in a like if whether it's been an official or whether it's been like a, like an organization. So, so far, so far, I mean, we, we've we've gotten off. We've gotten off on the right foot, I think. Yeah, it, you're right about that. It's uh, it, you're, it helps, I think, with 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 you and, and with myself, I think some too. people knew, you know, who we are. We've been around long enough that 90 percent of the calls we're going to make, people are like, oh, yeah, OK, well, what? Who are you working for? That's what yeah, I want yeah, to get yeah. was what you're working for who? Uh, and then, yeah, and then the other, but uh, half the time I would, I would uh, trip up and say, uh, uh, Josh Moon from the Montgomery Advertiser. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. No, wait. Uh, uh, it, but, yeah, yeah, I haven't done it, that yet, but I'm sure it's coming. So yeah, yeah it, it dies hard, man. It dies hard. Uh, <laughs> 
what uh, for for you personally? Yeah, you know, you're in charge. I know you did some some editing stuff at the at the advertiser before you mm-hmm. left, right? And so is, is is it much of a change of what you were doing? It, it, it's a little different. I mean, I'm doing a column now as well, so that's I mean, like that's something I'm I'm trying to build up my uh, my muscles with uh, right now. Um, you know, I, it, it's 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 a bit strange to just kind of be like. Um, assigning people to things as opposed yeah. to going, going to them myself. And I've always, I, I was always, you know, like, like every now and then uh, at the advertiser, but even like, bef- even like before then, like sometimes people would ask, like, you know, like maybe we could reduce your daily workload so you can work on these longer term pieces, which was very nice. And I, I didn't want to say no to that, but at the same time, I always felt that if you weren't there daily, you were going to be, Miss it. You're, you're going to be missing the larger picture on, on yeah. some of those on some of those things. So that's something I, I tend to get a little bit antsy about. But uh, but at the same time, I mean, you know, the hustle that, you know, Alondra and Ralph and Gemma have shown so far. I mean, I feel like I'll have a good sense of what's going on. So, I'm, yeah. you know, so it's just, you know, it's just a. It's a question of the middle-aged guy, like just learning to let, yeah. let some things go. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's hard to to send somebody else to do this job that you've done, and then to watch them do it, to watch them do it differently, not wrong, differently than what you would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is I mean, you 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 end up like an old. I mean, they're doing uh, it better. Yeah. I'll just say that they're they're just doing it better than I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't say that. Uh, but no, it, it in all seriousness, it, it's it's hard. It's hard to go to that to that road. People think it's easy to boss people around, and, it, and if you think it's easy to boss people around, then there's probably something wrong with you, uh, because it's not. It's my tendency is to is to just go and do it, uh, mm-hmm. and so it just it it gets to be difficult. But when when you uh, the the folks that you have uh, working for you, who who are they, and and what all what do you cover specifically now? Yeah, so we've got Alondra Rocha, who I mentioned before, who covers healthcare for us. Um, he just finished a master's degree at the University of Georgia. Um, just really knowledgeable about healthcare policy, insurance, like all the issues that you know go into our healthcare system. So he's 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 terrific. Uh, Ralph Chapoco, who came to us from uh, Florida today, uh, down in uh, Florida, like Ralph has a great, he's just got a wonderfully diverse background. Like he's kind he's written about a lot of different things. um, And really has a lot of good knowledge about um, data journalism and, and everything like that. So he's been covering criminal justice for us, which, you know, is both a very important beat and a not necessarily an easy beat to get into, but he's been really like, he, I, I've, I mean, like I've been impressed by everybody's diligence, but I mean, like Ralph has really been hitting the books on that. Yeah. Uh, and then Gemma Stevenson, uh, our education reporter, you know, she was doing this at the advertiser. Um, she came, she started on a Monday by Wednesday. She had her first three pieces all handed in, which, you know, for an editor, that's, that's great. And, you know, she's bringing a lot of um, just solid knowledge of like, just how the data education beat works again complex, not something that's easy to pick up over time. So, yeah, I mean, that's the crew, you know, like just, I, I, I mean, I'm going to say it over and over again. I, I mean, the hustle that these, that these guys are showing has just been not just been impressive, but it's yeah, for, for, for an editor, it's, it's a relief to like, yeah. Cause you yeah. see that like they're, they're putting the work in and they're learning and, and they're coming and they're, they've been coming up with great stuff. So I've been, I've been thoroughly, thoroughly pleased with what they've been doing. Well, uh, having seen uh, a lot of it and and been around and stuff, I, yeah, I would uh, somebody would would 
call and, and, and cuss at me if, if I didn't ask, uh, you know, what, what do you kind of look at for the, for the upcoming session? Uh, you know, what do you think the, the big topics will be? And, uh, uh, you know, what, what do you think they're going to try to tackle? Well, I think, I mean, I think obviously the one thing they're all talking about is this tax rebate and both nobody knows. It sounds like they want to give something away, but nobody knows how much it's going to be and where it's going to come from. Obviously with Alabama, like, you know, when you pay a state income tax in Alabama, that all goes to teacher salaries. So any break you give on that is going to be less money for, for that. So I know Gemma talked to the education chairs last week and i think they were um purposely vague as to like what they would support so um so that's going to be interesting to watch ivy wants to do a charter school uh she wants to do something with charter schools again we don't know what that's going to look like um and you have this wild card of you know i guess maybe three dozen new legislators in the chamber this year which is going to be a going to create a new a new dynamic in there. So we don't know if that's going to make it easier, if it's going to make it harder. I mean, you and I both know, you know, obviously Democrats have never liked, have never really liked the charter school situation, but rural Republicans have always gotten heartburn over it because, you know, they only, usually the public school in their area is the only thing they've got. So they're very protective of those. Um, and then, you know, you always want to be careful on, on year one, because that's when like all the really, um, this is their best chance to pass like some of the stuff that might be on the margins for the rest yeah. of us too. I mean, like you, you said, obviously we're going to keep an eye out for things like, you know, like firearm bills, you know, like if they want to go back to this, uh, you know, you know, like this transgender, the transgender medicine bans, um, yeah. you know, like, like things like that. I mean, like these are the kinds of things we'll, we'll just be keeping an eye out for. So. Yeah. I, I, it, um, you know, there there seems to be a push uh, from from what I you know have picked up. Uh, there seems to be a push for for Medicaid expansion in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the idea has always been, well, you got to figure out a, a funding source. Um, right. And you know, I know that some some have mentioned uh, gambling as a possible fund, whether it's a lottery or the comprehensive bill or what have you, as a as a funding source for that. And so I wonder. Given that it's it, it man, it seems relatively quiet on the uh, on the gambling front for there yeah. to have uh, for there have to, you know for that to be out there and to be a source. It, it seems like it's been pretty quiet, uh, it, which makes you think that there's going to be something that comes up because otherwise people would be yeah. talking about it. See, I just think like like you know, I guess it was a year ago, maybe two years ago now, when Del yeah. Marsh had that very carefully constructed mm-hmm. gambling plan, which. You know, however you feel about a lottery or gambling one way or the other, like it clearly it laid out something that I think at least on paper could be appealing. It was just when you start leaving people out, you know, which you that makes that makes people mad when you start bringing people in that makes other people mad. I, I mean, if Alabama was not the well, no, actually, maybe maybe Utah, but I, I think like Alabama might have been the only maybe like one of the first states to approve medical marijuana before mm-hmm. a lottery. I, I mean, like that's that's the kind of thing you 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 look at. But also, but on Medicaid expansion, I mean, like another thing that we have heard or that we have recorded is the talk of this trust fund being set up to deal with Medicaid expansion because you know we have the way our budget works is you know Medicaid expansion could be a 
could be a boon for for the state in terms of tax revenues but most of the tax revenues are going to go into the education trust fund and then the, and like all the expenses are going to be picked up by the general fund so you know i think there there's talk about a trust fund to kind of like maybe like maybe like try to bridge the gap between those two to the to those two things but i mean it's it's it, i mean medicaid expansion is a no-brainer and it's been a no-brainer i think for for 10 years so yeah I, yeah. I guess we'll. I guess we'll just see. I, I guess I, I. I have. I have heard. I've heard expectations rise and fall for that so many times that I'm just. I'll just see. I'll just see what yeah. what comes out of that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same. Same with uh, with gambling. Is that it, 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 uh, at some point you you would expect the folks to wise up and say, "Listen, we, we've got to do something different than this idiotic system we've got in place." And it's the same with Medicaid uh, and and the healthcare system that we have. You would think that at some point somebody would say, "Enough is enough. We've got to do something with this." But I, I don't know. It, um, it it just seems like to me you're going to have to come up with a long term funding source to appease the people who are resistant to Medicaid expansion. And whether that's gambling or that's something else, I don't know. But I, I mean, I've heard that there's a, there's a pretty serious plan in place uh, to, uh, to expand Medicaid, even if they don't necessarily call it Medicaid expansion. Uh, yeah, which yeah. Can't, give, can't give Obama credit, not in this state. Uh, so... Uh, but listen, man, uh, good luck with everything. Um, and, and, you know, we, we appreciate, uh, the, the free stuff. We're, uh, we're as long as y'all keep it free, we're going to keep coming, you know, it's, uh, yeah. uh but no, it, it's, like, it's, it's, it's good work. Yeah. But, but yeah, we, we appreciate that again. Yes. I'm very satisfied with what, what my, my folks are putting out. I was telling somebody the other day, it's just really, you know, it was really strange because you come from a place where like you're constantly watching whether people are stealing your work to constantly watching whether people aren't stealing your work. So, you know, like that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're, yes. we're thrilled to get, we're thrilled to give it away. So yeah. and we hope, and we hope it's a valuable service and we hope people enjoy what we're doing because yeah. I, I really, I truly feel like, like this, this, this crew is, is doing some really great, some really great writing, some really great reporting. And I think, I think, I think, my fellow Alabamians are going to find it a valuable resource. Yeah, I do too. it is funny. It's uh, yeah, I can imagine uh, going from a son of a bitch stole my stuff to son of a bitch he stole our stuff. All right, you know it's a pretty pretty good uh, pretty good transformation. But no, listen, uh, good luck to you. Uh, and y'all really go to Alabama Reflector or go to one of the many sites that are running Alabama Reflector stories. And uh, and if you're so inclined, donate uh, to help the cause of of good information. Uh, and you can do so on their website, alabamareflector.com. Is it dot com? Uh, it's a dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then, uh, then yeah, go, go to alabamareflector.com and donate and, and help them out. Uh, so, uh, that is Brian Lyman. Uh, thank you, sir, for spending a little bit of time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh. Real pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you, man. All right. We're going to slide out of here when we come back. Somehow or another, David's going to rejoin us. Uh, so, uh, we'll <laughs> back in a few minutes, Alabama Politics this week. everybody. If you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. 
uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections, uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, and he's back. I'm back. <laughs> Actually, you never really left uh, the way we record it. See, see, we've got some editing processes that take place here, and I don't know how any of them work, but we could take the interview at any point, and then uh, the producer person uh, uh, just puts it in there for us. Works, so, works that magic. Yeah. 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 So, listen, while we were gone, you know, he did it. So, um yeah, uh, th- you know, thanks to to Brian. Uh, he's uh, he's always great, and yeah, uh, y'all should check guy. him out at uh, Alabama Reflector. And, and we're gonna we've already we already have run run some of his stuff as I mentioned uh, during the interview. Uh, we run some of his stuff at the Alabama Political Reporter, and uh, so it's a, a interesting concept that they have, and uh, and I we plan on using it to help uh, help our coverage overall of state politics. And so uh, anytime y'all get more information, I think that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of more information, <laughs> mm, 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 uh, so city councilman, is he, was he currently the president of, of the city council? No, not currently. No. Okay. Uh, but uh, Devin Keith uh, is the uh, Huntsville city councilman for district one. And, okay. and of course, I guess everybody in the state, if not around the country knows by now that he's been arrested twice. Now, uh, the allegations are shoplifting at various Walmart stores in in Huntsville. Yes. Um, He was uh, arrested initially uh, last week and claimed that he had simply forgotten a pair of of $20 headphones in his buggy as he was checking out. Uh, I, along with a number of other people, defended him and felt like, uh, uh, and I said, to my credit, I had the disclaimer in there. If what Devin Keith is saying is true, Mm-hmm. This is wrong. You know, this is a, this is about, I believe, an overreaction of the people at at Walmart and the Huntsville Police Department. And um, as it turned out, uh, this was not true. <laughs> what Devin Keith said. Um, uh, and there is extensive video, apparently, of him. Uh, and there is now a police warrant that has been or a police uh, filing that has uh, that. AL.com has obtained uh, that show uh, that uh, Devin Keith is on video. They have evidence of him committing theft 31 different times. And, so, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, go ahead. So let me tell you what I was told Saturday by one of the, uh, by a North Alabama political insider. This uh-huh. was uh, uh, last, this past Saturday. This person said to me, there is more to come. Mm-hmm. And it is bad. Mm-hmm. The person said it's so bad they thought that he they don't they didn't see how he could survive politically even this term, mm-hmm. even this term. And so, when, so yeah, when you look at that, it's hard to imagine how. Now, um, you know, you also question like, well. What does that mean in practical terms? So um, these are misdemeanor charges as far yeah. as I understand it. I don't, I don't think he can be ousted 
from the council by the council or the mayor for uh, misdemeanor charges. But he certainly, I think, can be, his constituents can probably, you know, I don't know about the recall either. I need to, I need to do some checking on that, whether or not he can be recalled by the constituents. But, but certainly if he's convicted, and, and of course he's innocent until proven guilty, sure, we need to remember yeah. that. But but if he is convicted, um, I don't see how he could be effective representing that that district. And I'm not in his district. I'm in I'm in the district next adjacent to that district. But I don't see how he could be effective. You know, I'll I'll say this: um, the the amount of thefts and the items that were stolen because they were so petty. They're so such petty things. Most of these things, they were just. I mean, uh, he he was just doing a variety of things uh, to to steal small items that he could clearly afford. You know, he could clearly afford almost everything that he stole. I mean, without not not just afford it, not like you know, he could he could afford it without missing the money. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things you go to the store and you know you got major purchases and minor purchases. These were minor purchases, okay. Uh, for the for most everybody, including a uh, Huntsville City Councilman, and so I'll, I'll say the amount of these thefts and and what he stole leads you, and I would think leads most most people to believe that this is this is a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is something that he has he has a, a problem, a compulsion, uh, yeah, a compulsion. And and so, you know, maybe that's maybe that's a way that that we can, you know, that he can save, you know, his career and his 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 good standing or whatever is, you know, is to say, listen, you know, I I have this problem uh, and I'm going to get I'm going to get help for it. I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take a okay, if I can't kick him off the council. I mean, you know, I'm going to take a leave of absence for, for a period of time or whatever you can do. Uh, and and get some help for this and uh, and and get get better. Uh, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. If it were if it were yeah. if he got caught stealing a, a TV, you know, one time one time or two times or whatever, I th- almost to me I think to most people that would be worse. Uh, now even though it's it's far more times now, but you're you're just talking about you know you are talking about a twenty dollar pair of headphones and and this other little thing and skip scanning these other items and th- you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. uh, it, it clearly shows a person who was doing these things at almost for the thrill of it. Uh, you know, it's almost like a gambler that you keep seeing going back to the tables, even though you, you sh- he shouldn't be and. Right. And it's a thrill sort of a situation, uh, and and there's something that's going on, you know, in the well, in it, the head. Yeah, I mean it. It, it does look like that, um, though. Again, I think. Um, well, I'll just tell you, I've also been told, and I, again, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of this at all, but I have been told that that he's having uh, some some challenges. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I've been told he's having some challenges financially. Um, again, I have not, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of that, but sources have, as mm-hmm. we like to say in our business, sources have said. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's come from multiple, multiple sources. So, are, are those are those challenges related to anything? I mean, is it uh, does he have any sort of other issues or? Um, you know, I have to be careful here. Even though he's a public figure, I want to be careful here in in what I say because sure. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, I I know what I'm being told, and I know the sources are reliable sources. It it appears as though um, there could be um, well let, let let me just say it this way let me let me answer you this way we we do know this is a fact we do know that the coffee shop that he co owned with some other people has closed down we know sure. that we don't know the circumstances uh, or at least I, I'll say I I do not know. The, the, the circumstance. I don't know the exact reason why. I mean, I would assume you, you, if you have a business Man, yeah. and you have to shut it down, you shut it down because you're losing money. I would assume. Yeah, right, right. It wasn't because it was doing too good and you just right. couldn't keep up. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I would assume that there was, that there was a, that the, the business was not making money or wasn't, uh, or that there was some complication financially because if you're making money, you're going to stay open, like we just said. So, you know, is that indicative of something? Perhaps, yeah. you know, there's some other things I've heard uh, that I, I don't feel comfortable saying right now because I'm just, you know, I don't have enough firsthand information about it, but, uh, or I don't have any firsthand information about it, but, but, it, but, but there's reason to believe. And some people certainly have said, in fact, I, I want to say that uh, one of the TV stations did a news story about this and they actually quoted an anonymous source who somebody, which I think was kind of dubious, but anyway, it's out there now, so I think we, it's fair game for us to talk about it. Uh, they quoted an anonymous source that claimed to be a friend of his saying that he was having some, some, uh, some challenges. So uh, there, is that, there is that, you know, accurate or inaccurate, there's that yeah. buzz going around. Um, you know, so what, again, to answer your direct question, what is that, what, 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 what does that stem from or what is it rooted in? I, I'm not sure I can say more than I've said really. Yeah. 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 Now, hey, it just, um, you know, again, though, it, it, well, the, the, the thefts then make, to me, make even less sense. I mean, if we're talking about these little petty things. Um, you know, what, 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 why then? I mean, why are you stealing a $20 pair of headphones? What are you going to do with that? You're not, you're not selling them to anybody, you know? Right. So, you know, and, and let me, let me add a layer of complexity to this. I, I feel like he is owed this at the very least. Uh, and not just him, but as, uh, as my, my friend, uh, Tony Terrell, who is a morning, popular morning radio host here in uh, North Alabama. She's on 94.1, uh, 94.1 mm-hmm. WHRP. Uh, she and I were talking about this actually when I was in the airport uh, trying my, trying to make my way from New York to Atlanta. Uh, she said that um, she brought up the fact, she reminded me, and I'm so glad she did, that this is not just about Devin. Devin has deep roots in this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, his grandmother is Mrs. Rooks, who is someone that, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I don't know her first name, but she's someone who is very well known 
in this community. Her husband was very well known as a sportscaster in this community. Uh, he's got deep roots in this town. He was born here. He was raised here. He went to Samford University on a football scholarship. Uh, he started a nonprofit while he was in Birmingham uh, trying to help young people who had aged out of uh, the foster care system. Um, you know, he um, he went to uh, Massachusetts and got uh, this degree at, uh, the, I think it was the University of Massachusetts. And... Um, you know, and and has been an and has been a professor, an assistant professor at Alabama A and M. Uh, in fact, I think he currently still is. Uh, so you know, this is not you know this is not somebody who's just um, you know as some people would like to characterize people a street punk or a thug or somebody like yeah. that. This is a highly educated, very smart, very gifted young man. But clearly, clearly, there's something, you know, again, he's innocent until proven guilty, but the, but there appears to be, even with his own, you know, statement that he issued on social media after the first arrest, you know, if you read that, you're thinking, well, there's still something kind of wrong. Something's yeah. not quite right. And now with And now with what we know, you know, with these other allegations, some 30 allegations, uh, or, or not 30 allegations, but 30 uh, alleged incidents of, uh, of theft. It just, you know, it just makes you really wonder what is going on. Yeah, it's, it's a shame, um, you know, and, and, it, and it hurts, uh, you know, a lot of people. Um, and, um, you know, because there were, you know, and, and yeah, you don't want to overstate it. He didn't, didn't let down you know, the entire community or anything like that. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be on his shoulders. It's a person, uh, you know, that went out and tried to do good for his community. Um, and, and a lot of people, uh, got behind him and supported him because of the good things that he did and the way that he had led his life. And so, uh, you know, you don't, I, 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 I hate it when people say after they made a mistake that I let everybody down. I let this person down. I let everybody down. Well, you know what? You, you didn't. I don't think he let anybody down. He made a mistake. And, you know, he maybe let himself down. Um, and, you know, he, he has a problem. And uh, he chose the wrong path to, to handle that problem. And, you know, he should not have done that, um, quite frankly. And otherwise, what he'd done up until this point it was the reason why people were behind him. Mm -hmm. And, and those are good works. And those are things that you can rely on uh, forever. Uh, when, when people think of him, yeah, a lot of people are now going to think of him as, as this person who stole some stuff, but um, allegedly. Um, but right. I also think that there are going to be a whole bunch of people who really care about him, who know what he he's done and, and who he's done it for. And I mean, that, you know, I mean, the number of kids that he likely helped in the with the foster care uh, nonprofit. You know, mm -hmm. you, you think you think many of them really care right now that that he stole some stuff. I mean, you know right. what I'm saying? He he didn't he didn't let those folks down. He let himself down, and he can get it back. Mm -hmm. And I said, and 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 forgive me, I said foster care. That may not be the right term, uh, but. 
these are children who apparently were in the custody of the state. And I don't know that that may that may include foster care. It may be exclusively foster care. I don't know quite how that works. Let me let me just say one other thing, Josh, that I think is really important in order to properly contextualize this situation in the black community. uh, When one of our elected or appointed leaders or uh, high profile individuals, when one of them falls mm-hmm. or or faces, uh, you know, allegations like this, mm-hmm. uh, it becomes a very personal thing. And you'll see that they are very visceral. You may have noticed on social media with some black folks, there was a very visceral reaction to this. Uh, and, and it's understandable because, uh, you know, so many of our our leaders have been uh, under attack through the years, mm-hmm. and and so much of American society has been structured uh, against the success uh, or to curtail or suppress the success of Black people, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that's that's been embedded in the law. So this is not I'm not making wild accusations here. I mean, you know, we had a whole set of laws and policies in place for years that they're express overt purpose was to do that. So I'm not making up stuff, but, uh, but but I, but I think again, you know, there's so, so consequently we, uh, we tend to be very protective of our leaders and very, we're very loath to, to publicly criticize our leaders. Um, and, and I think there's going to be, um, I think there was initially a, a reticence to do that. And I think there's still going to continue to be a reticence to do that in this case, even as, as it appears as though there's mounting evidence to suggest that at the very least he has a problem. I, 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 will, I will conclude, Josh, by saying this. If I'm not Mr. Keith, Mm-hmm. And and I'm and I don't know I I'm not Devin I, I'll just go ahead and say Devin I know him casually I don't I don't know him well at all, uh, but I'll say if I were Devin or if I were advising Devin, uh, you know my my advice would be to own up to everything that you can own up to, because people will be forgiving if you've got some kind of a compulsion if that's what the if indeed he he stole these things you know if he's got a compulsion problem people will be sympathetic and forgiving of that we know many of us know people that have compulsion issues whether it's with gambling or sex or drugs or cigarettes or whatever it is you're eating whatever you want to name yeah. you know bad prison contract yeah. <laughs> bad prison contracts um you know, if if it's a if it's a thing where you just you you were financially just up against the wall and you didn't and and you were acting out because of that again, if you get ahead of it, people will be forgiven. Um, the the worst thing in the world though is to try to to not take responsibility for what you know you've done if indeed you've done it. Now, if you haven't done it, if you're not guilty then, you know, fight like hell, you know, stand up, yeah. fight like hell, you know, and make your case. Yeah. But, yeah. but if that, but if you can't do that, then own your, own your stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, and 
Um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little confused about the, um, uh, the way the, the, the warrants were, I know he had four other theft mm. warrants that, that were issued. And, uh, and I, I assume that what they're, they're maintaining there is that there were inside of, there were four separate incidents and, uh, and that there were 31 different items involved in those incidents. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I agree with with everything you said um, about owning up to it. Uh, and, um, you know, and and also, you know, I, I think that people ought to keep it in the proper context mm-hmm. of this as well. Uh, yes, this is a person that did, you know, assuming this is true and it's admitted, this is a person that did something that was wrong. And uh, but we also we also tend to come down much more heavily on uh, the poor among us who commit petty thefts than we do uh, these folks wearing suits and ties who are stealing millions and billions. And and so I think that that's something that we ought to keep in mind here. No matter what the ultimate outcome of this is, uh, it's so petty that it doesn't rise past a misdemeanor. Okay. And so let's keep that in mind and, and let's treat him uh, hell, let's just treat him the way the law does, as a, as as no more than a uh, a non dangerous, um, basically insignificant crime. That that's how that they they treat this. Okay, um, and so um, you know it'll be handled, and uh, and I wish him well. Um, uh, you know, it's it's not as though he went to. Uh, a, a formal gathering of our uh, country's highest elected leaders and shouted dumb shit at the president while he was speaking. <laughs> like our right wing nuts did this week. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah. the, and the right wing nuts for the week are the, are the Republicans that spent most of the state of the union address screaming at president Biden uh, as though they were, I, I, I I don't even know. Like they were at a at a low rent comedy show somewhere, just screaming mm. at the guy on the stage. Uh, mm. You know, uh, uh, I mean, I or you know, it was the the Apollo where the guy used to come and sweep him off the stage. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's what do you what are we doing? I mean, yeah, there's there's no there's no sense of decorum anymore. That's for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, this group is, uh, you know, the tone was set, uh, for sure by Trump, even though some would argue, even the, the, the guy, and I can never remember his name, the guy who shouted out, you, you lied to Obama. Yeah. Uh, was it Wilson? Joe Wilson? Was, that, who was, was that his name? Okay. Yeah. He, I think that's right. That maybe he started that, started yeah. the, uh, that the things began to deteriorate with him, but, but you know, I, 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 you know, of course, uh, our right wing nuts, I think, really played into Joe Biden's hand because yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, because, as has been pointed out more than once, he was basically able to negotiate uh, uh, the, the, the saving of Social Security and Medicaid yeah. and Medicare <laughs> with that speech and their and the interaction with those people. So, uh, that's right. Yeah, it's so, so stupid. Good. Yeah. They're so dumb. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just it, it has to help. And I, honestly, I was uh, as you were talking, I was sitting there thinking, uh, you know, 
part, I, I, maybe maybe part of the problem is that Obama and and Biden were you know a lot smarter than them, and and they responded back in ways I, I, I'll never <laughs> I'll never forget when uh, Obama's last State of the Union address. Uh, uh, he said something along the lines of, "I have no more elections uh, to you know to compete in," and uh, and the Republicans started to applaud, and he responded back with, "It's because I won both of them." <laughs> and, you know, it's just, <laughs> and it's just you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just like a softball laying yeah. out there for yeah. you, you know. And uh, and Biden's was as well. He had a couple of good uh, good comebacks with them in that in that speech, and uh, you know, kind of doing it on the fly. I mean, Joe Biden. The guy that they've been telling us for three years has got dementia and living in a basement, you know, mm. uh, essentially, you're right, negotiated on the fly uh, the, 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 uh, to pull out of the sunsetting uh, deal of Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security. And uh, it, it's just but it, it's still, man, it, it's just to watch them. And, you know, you got Marge Green up there dressed like Cruella DeVille <laughs> screaming. Uh, yeah, know, what was up with that uh, fur, and, man? That was kind of wild. Right? I, uh, it's just, you know, I'm assuming that there were some puppies or, you know, baby seals that had to be clubbed <laughs> on the way in. And she uh, oh. did that. There was, there was some baby seals looking for handouts outside. And, you know, and so she had to do that. It's just so it, what got me, you know, what, what, what really kills me, though, mm. is, you know, she's bad. All, obviously, we know she is. But that dude, Mike Lee, mm. uh, sitting up there, you know, and the, the camera flashed to him when Biden was talking about the sunsetting of, of Medicaid, uh, Medicare and uh, Social Security. And, and, and was talking about some of some Republicans want to, you know, want to cut into, into these programs. And he's going, uh, what, what are you talking about? Is Joe, you know, like, like mm. Joe, is Joe senile? You know what? There is video yes. of this dude yeah. talking about his goal in Congress is to cut social security and, and, and kill it yeah. and just rip it up by the roots and kill it. That's what yeah. he says this on video. Yeah. What to a room full of supporters. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, he, I just. He and Rick Scott both, they're, they're just kind of, it's incredible how, uh, how <laughs> now that they've been caught, you know, saying the things they've been saying, yeah. they want to try to make it seem as though they've, they weren't saying the things they were saying. Things, things yeah. that are documented, like you're saying, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird, I mean, it's, again, it's almost like, you know, our, is this a is this a case of uh, you know LeBron James playing one on one with a middle schooler? I mean, that's kind yeah. of what it, it seems like, you know. Yeah, no, it it is, and uh, and I guess you know we would we would probably be you know remiss uh, uh, if we didn't at least point out uh, that while these right wing nuts were were going crazy and embarrassing the hell out of everybody, there was uh, one Republican. Uh, who who they yes, can be proud of, yeah. and that's Mitt Romney. Yeah, great point. Um, great point. And, uh, and and Mitt Romney's comments to George Santos, he just didn't just simply pass him by and shake his head. He told him he was an embarrassment, uh, and that he shouldn't be standing up there, and he should be in the back of the room, staying out of sight, yeah. and uh, and to have some dignity. And, and and later, later to his credit, Mitt Romney, when when people asked about it, told them exactly that he shouldn't be standing up there. Uh, they, they're going through the process. They should get him out. Mm. And, uh, you know, and that's, man, if there is anything, if there is anything that is a microcosm of today's Republican Party, is it not that? Is it not the, the, uh, Mitt Romney saying, you, you're, 
you, you know what, there are consequences to doing these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you didn't just embellish. Embellishing is not, is, is, is saying you got an A when you got an A minus. It's not that you went to the college that you never went to, you know? I mean, right. it's just, uh, so. That you're, that you're, uh, that you're a Jew, that you're a Jew. Uh, oh no, I'm Jewish. And that Jew-ish. you're half black. No, I'm not half black. <laughs> that you're gay. Oh, I'm not yeah. gay. That your you mother know, died in 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah and, and turns out she died many years later. I mean, what? Yeah. You know, what? It, it's just bizarre. That guy, you know. It, it's it an embarrassment. Like, and it seems like he's got a problem too. I mean, like yeah. a, some kind of a mental issue or something. Yeah. It's just really bizarre. It really is. It really is. And it really, it really puts, uh, you know, stealing some items from Walmart, allegedly, in context, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and so, listen, I, I think that uh, this is, uh, I mean, it, we got, we got to do a little bit better all the way around. Um, and, um, you know, and there, there's a manner of, of doing these things and holding people accountable without vilifying them. Uh, in in uh, in all of life, and and that's all anybody I think asks for. You know, from from our prison system uh, to George Santos to to Devin Keith to everybody out there. Uh, you know, nobody is a true villain for the most part, except for Marge Green. Um, and you know, but everybody else is just you know everybody's doing doing what they think they need to do to get by. And so, uh, you know, sometimes they make mistakes, and that's how we are. We're all human. All right. Gotta slide out of here. Till next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace.